Isn't it funny how the psyche of the country is so far different than a Friday afternoon than a Monday morning? Think about that. <laughs> it is funny, yeah. Think about that. If we could bottle the energy, you know, I've often thought about this. If we could bottle the energy on a Friday afternoon, or if we could bottle the energy at the last minute or two in a football game, we'd be like, that would be like worth everything, okay? But we don't, but versus the energy of a Monday morning, like, I don't want that energy at all because, you know, people are like, oh, man, I don't want to get up early. I don't want to go into work today. So if let's talk about the fact that those people who are in the wrong career, they're doing the wrong thing or the wrong job or they're not doing what they really enjoy. Um, what sort of advice should they heed there? The recognizing it is huge, you know, and actually wanting to do something about that. I know folks get into, you know, some ruts and they think I can't get out of this job. I'm, I, I can't take on more education. I don't want to take on more college debt. You know, I mean, there are a lot of factors to consider when, when we're thinking about job changes, but I think just the recognizing it is, is the starting place of, gosh, you know what? This is not just today, Monday. This is every Monday or this is every day, every week that I'm feeling um, just unfulfilled, unsatisfied. So the recognizing it is huge. And, and so, but dealing with those real life factors of, of time, education, uh, keeping up bills, et cetera. Now going to have to put kids in college, wherever people are at on that, on that continuum. Um, beyond recognizing it, you're having to ask yourself, um, is it, why am I staying? Do I have to stay? Some people would say I have to stay. If you can um, move and if and even if it's a uh, time table there, maybe it's a, a six month process or a year process of where you're gradually building up readiness to move into that next opportunity. Whatever the case is, um, as you're looking for those other possibilities, um, working your way toward those, uh, just kind of keeping your eye on the prize. I hate to use that cliche, but keeping your eye on the prize. What is it? How am I going to be more fulfilled? What changes do I need to make? Let me start making those, getting me moving in that direction. Talk. Just talk. Because that's what we do here, friends. Malcolm Out Loud Talk. Welcome to the show. Fears, failures, and faith. I love talking about this stuff, friends, and that's what we're going to talk about today. To me, that's the starting line. That's where it's all at in life. You think about the fears that hold you back because you're fearful of what's just around the corner. And for some of us, it's not even the corner. It's an S-curve, if you will, <laughs> because life is like can be like an S-curve, you know? And then we talk about failures. Now, listen, I, as you know, I spent 27 years in corporate boardrooms, and I know one or two things about failures, friends. I know a lot about failure. In fact, I firmly believe the failures, I, I look at them sort of like, well, the I, I, best way I can describe it at this moment it's sort of like they're lily pads in the water. And it takes one jump on one lily pad to get to the next, to get to the next, to get across the lake, you see. And if I hit those lily pads just right, it's all perfect. But, you know, life is not perfect. And sometimes I kind of, you know, you don't set just perfect on the lily pad. And guess what happens? <laughs> you kind of go over the edge, yeah? But then you got to get back out of the water, get on the lily pad and keep going. And it's what I call failures, you see, because failures are all part of life. And they're certainly part of if you're going to get across the lake. Those failures are all part of the story, my friends. And then, of course, there's faith. Now, some of us grow up in a Christian environment as children, as I did. And, uh, you know, so we understand what faith is. We understand that commitment growing up. 
you know, I don't think any of us, again, are perfect here. I think sometimes we lose sight of what's really important in this life. And sometimes we step off of that lily pad again and we fail in our faith as well. And we have to pick ourselves back up. We have to get back on the track, back on the lily pad to get across the lake. I don't know why I talk about lily pads today, but it seems like a good uh, analogy to me. It's Malcolm out loud here. Welcome. Fears, failures, and faith. That's the conversation today, and I would like you to meet Dr. Shannon Warden. She's an assistant teaching professor at Wake Forest University, where she teaches in the graduate counseling program. Shannon counsels children, families, young adults, women. She's the director of counseling and director of women's ministries at Triad Baptist Church in North Carolina. And, you know, I, I grew up, uh, you know, Dr. Warden, I grew up actually uh, in the, um, well, it was in a, in a Protestant church, but it was a Nazarene church. But I used to go to the Baptist church a lot, too. So, you know, the Nazarene, the Baptist, the Methodist, they're sort of all interchangeable, aren't they? Hmm. There are a lot of similarities, for sure. Yeah, well, that's kind of where I grew up in the Nazarene Church, and uh, I always took a lot of proud, pr- pride as a young man, as a kid, because you know when you l- learned about Jesus, it was Jesus of Nazareth, and then you know, and you were a Nazarene. There was something cool about that, <laughs> right? <laughs> Absolutely, it's like Jesus, your hero, right? You're the you're just living the life. That's, yeah, so there was always something kind of neat about that growing up as a young boy. But but let's mm-hmm. let's move into this whole thing today with you. It's such a, a privilege to have you on. I just met you for the first time just a few moments ago as our audience has done just now. And I want to talk to you today. I love what I see about you. Something struck me when we seen some of your material the other day in social media. And I looked at your site. I watched your video and I looked at your message and I, I just knew instantly that this was a genuine person and somebody who had a mission in life to do good. And I like people who are doing good. You know that? Well, Malcolm, thank you. I've, I love uh, the same thing, and I love um, just knowing that folks are out there. We're needing each other. We're, we're needing to encourage one another. So it's, it's it's music to my ears to know that you're out there, other folks are out there, and I hope, same as you, just to be an encouragement to other people. Yeah. Well, you know, Dr. Warden, and I'll go back and forth and call you Dr. Warden sometimes and Shannon other times. Okay? Yes, perfect. And so, Shannon, at, at times I want you to know that, you know, uh, for me, it really is all about these lily pads we're jumping forward in. Mm. I try to encourage people so often that the failures are part of the journey. Don't get yourself down on it. Pick yourself back up, dust yourself off, and move on. And I think this is how we learn is by all of these steps and, you know, these these um, these uh, you know, the trials and tribulations of life, these failures that take our their our eye off the mark of what's really important in this life. It's so easy to get lost, isn't it? It is. I, I know that as a person, as a, uh, a wife, as a mom, I know that as a person. I know it, again, just through the counseling that I do. I get the great privilege of interacting with folks as they're sharing their stories with me. And a lot of times those are painful stories, uh, stories of fears and failures. And, um, you know, it's hard. As you said, those are it's great if we're hitting those lily pads and, and absolutely we, we slide off at times. That's great learning, but it is hard in the moment. So I, I get to interact with a lot of folks who are struggling in the moment. And we're working to get back up on the lily pad, if you will, and back across that lake. 
week. I love that that analogy. Yeah, and you know, uh, that analogy popped into my mind just at the moment I started talking. I've never used that analogy before, uh, you know, Shannon. It just came to my mind that second, and I thought, oh, mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's an analogy I can relate to, you know? Yeah. But you sort of do this in life. when If you're counseling children, family, young adults, women, and all of this, I mean, you're dealing with that every day. I mean, you, you're kind of in this, uh, in the mode of helping people stay on those lily pads, right? That's the truth. I, I, I love people. I love people's stories. I I can strike up uh, a, a genuine and desire to strike up a genuine conversation with the person that I'm just maybe standing next to in a line. But for counseling, people come to me. Obviously, that's that's the you know the goal there. They're coming to me to be that listener, to be someone who can help them maybe make sense of what's happening to them. So they're not coming to counseling because things are great. They're coming because they're struggling. They're coming because they have have fallen off uh, or missed a step and um, you know and you said it Malcolm they do folks do I do I sometimes bog down in uh, some of that and yet uh, encouraging people uh, God scripture um, just life just life has a way of of getting me right back up it's it's hard sometimes folks it's not so fast I mean you know we want to listen and support as folks uh, get back up but um, you know yeah we all get knocked off there and, and are trying to get back up well a good part of this is our attitude, obviously. Our attitude and our belief system both play into, I think, the things we're talking about today, Dr. Warden. And, you know, when I talk about this, there's a lady I just, I, I love to talk about this lady I'm going to tell you about. Now, I don't know if you ever heard of her. She's 97 years old now. Her name is uh, Tao. Tao Porson Lynch, if I got that correctly, but I know it's Tao. And she's the world's uh, uh, oldest yoga teacher. You ever hear of her? No, this is fascinating. Incredible lady. And uh, and I say this because I have followed her and I, I have written about her on the brink of greatness because I celebrate people who... Um uh, who uh, are living that good life that we're talking about today and uh, do extraordinary things. Uh, and, it, it, you know, sometimes our mandate is when we're needed the most, uh, Shannon, at that very moment, uh, do we step up to the challenge or do we fail it? And I call that being on the brink of life. I call it the brink of greatness. So if you're at that moment of your life where, you know, it's calling you and there's a challenge in front of you, did you do the right thing at that that moment that's something I and that's and if you did then and you did extraordinary things then uh, to me I look at that as the brink of greatness you see Mm, I love that. And I, I have a whole site on that, brinkofgreatness.com, which I so enjoy. This is my love and my passion, actually. I mean, a lot of people know me as a political commentator and a news uh, um, a person because that's what I do uh, around the world. But really, my love is to help people uh, aspire to the kinds of things we're talking about today. Um, so I want to talk about fear now. I want to I want to discuss with fear because you've got a really cool ebook um, on your site that I went and I downloaded uh, a very, very early this morning and I, and what I like about it is I like things like this that are what I call them is a good executive read and what I mean by that is we're all very busy today I don't have the time and the ability to sit down and read 400 pages of somebody telling me everything about it. you could get to the point and tell me about fear and failure quickly I can mm-hmm. deal with that and I call that an executive read uh, Shannon you see so let's talk about fear and in your ebook you get some really interesting examples now I, I want to say to folks Here's my, my my warning on all this. That, my friends, this this is this may be the most important talk you hear all year long because of this. 
if you get the fears down right, and if you get the failures down right, and you have faith, you can do anything in this world. I'm telling you, this is the secret ingredient to living a beautiful life. Fears, failures, and faith. You get those three down, and you got something very special going on. I believe this, Dr. Warden. So, um, I'm with you, Malcolm. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Because this, this is the this is what people are talking about when they're not laughing and celebrating the good things in life. And there's a lot of that, and we want that in those quiet moments. This is this is what we're thinking on. This is what we're uh, oftentimes bogged down with. And if it's not our immediate fear of failure, it may be a loved one's fear of failure, and we're stressing out about that. And so these are these are the things that we sit with in the quiet. These are the things that keep us awake at night or wake us up at night. And I'm glad to have the opportunity to talk to you about this. I hope this will be an encouragement to your listeners today. I think so. I think so. So let's look at some of these examples of fear now that you have here. And I'll start off a little bit and let's talk about these because you say here that many people have the fear of of saying themselves like I think we all have an inner voice and our inner voice is actually can be more damaging than our outer voice uh, because we're telling ourselves what we can and can't do, you see. And we're telling ourselves, you know, that ability to achieve these things in life that are important, to have the best relationships in life that are important, to have the best faith in the opportunities in life that are important. And you start off with here, I am not good enough. So somebody, do you have a fear of saying you're not good enough or that people will not accept you? Do you live your life by other people's standards? Comment on those and let's bring that forward a little bit, Dr. Wharton, please. I hear that particular fear. I am not good enough. I hear that uh, about equally from men and women. Women will often say it uh, more directly, sometimes a little more conversation before a man will say that. Not, I'm not saying that's a scientific fact, but it's in my experience that's been true. A lot of times they've grown up believing I'm not good enough. I had someone recently I, I was talking to, and, and this, in fact, was a, a male. And he recounted some childhood um, trauma that he endured. That left a, um, an imprint on his heart that I'm not good enough. I, and, and what he's spent a lot of his adult life now is trying to fight against that. I'm not good enough. Um, the fight is good. He's He is, through that fight, finding truth that he is, in fact, good enough. He is doing well and, and, and being a good dad and, and, and all the things that he's doing. He is, he is doing a good job, but it it's you know, unfortunate that he had to fight through that but because of some of the trauma that was done to him early on. So that's just one example. I mean, I have countless examples. Malcolm, you're somebody who talks to a lot of folks and hears from a lot of folks. You know, there's similar stories where oftentimes that is coming from childhood, where in one way or another, we were told um, that we were not good enough. And in some ways, it was not even said explicitly. It was just implied through some of our parents' um, nonverbals that uh, that we were not good enough. And I know you, you have a book on that, too, with, with uh, Dr. Chapman that I think you have out there, correct, right? We do. We, uh, Dr. Gary Chapman, the New York Times bestselling author of The Five Love Languages, he and I co-wrote a book uh, that just came out this past September called Things I Wish I'd Known Before We Became Parents. 
that is an amazing book I, I think I hope it'll be an amazing blessing to folks it's just um, it, it's really good for parents of young children period certainly for parents to be and new parents they're going to come away with some good encouragement from that book um, that's one of the messages we do talk about in there is is how do we not only invest in our children's academic development how do we invest in them socially and emotionally or maybe I would reverse that emotionally and socially that goes back to those messages, um, you know, that you can do things. And granted, there are safety concerns. They're, they're realistic. We've got to tell kids don't cross the street. We've got to tell kids watch the hot stove. But sometimes if, say, my, my little girl, if she wants to pour the milk, you know, parents out there, you're listening to this, think, oh, I know how that's going to go. And it does go that way sometimes. Sometimes she, she spills a little. But the, the spilling is not really the problem. If I step back and see, hey, this is her learning. This is her not only learning to pour milk, but learning to feel confidence in herself, learning that she can take a risk, that even if she fails, it's going to be okay. Um, so, you know, so yeah, the book is is out there, and, and that message is just one more, uh, hopefully, good book, given that message of encouragement. Well, you know, Dr. Warden, it, it tells us that, uh, and for everybody listening here, we need to just have more patience. When when mm-hmm. you just said about spilling the milk, mm-hmm. I, I have to tell you, I had a little feeling of fear in me just a moment ago, for real. And for me... The fear that just hit me was that I wondered and I asked myself, am I doing that with my with my son? Now, I've got two that are 12 and 14, okay? And a son and a daughter, and you know, and and he he does things like that, you know, just because he is moving too quick or doesn't pay attention, or you know, they're they're a little more clumsy, or they haven't, you know, but they're twelve and fourteen, and I could see me going in there and saying, "Would you stop doing that?" The same thing that I would have been told. You understand? You know? Yes. But you just got me to think about that a moment, and when you said the milk, and I, I you know what I said to myself when you were just talking, and I, I just said to myself that, okay, Malcolm, chill. The next time that happens on the counter, just say, it's okay. I got it. Look at it and take a wet thing and wipe it up and, you know, and, and just say, be careful. Get it in the cup and be careful next time or move on. Or, but don't get down on it all, huh? Is that the, is right. that the point here? You know, we're human, so we're going to lose it at times, blow our tops. Um, that's another thing we talk about in that particular book is just... Be fast with the apology, the the meaningful, genuine apology if you do blow it. But right there with Logan or me with, with Press, uh, our little girl Presley, I mean, trust me, my our other two, Carson and Avery, they have plenty of mess-ups, same as their mom and dad. Um, but right, if there is a spill, then there's the opportunity for her to get to help clean up and then for me to say thank you. That's win on win on win. She she got to pour the milk, again, under supervision, but you got to pour the milk if there's a cleanup she got to clean up and then she got a thank you and sometimes that thank you is that's 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 parenting goodness right there when we can see the good and say thank you now that is something i do do i have always had this discipline in me uh for whatever always i mean i've always had this to use my manners please and thank you so for instance mm-hmm. when so early this morning when he took the recycled out to put so that they would take the recycle down the street and he went out at 12 and got the can on the side and bought it outside of the fence and put it outside of the yard, you know, in the front there, so they picked that up. He comes back in, and I always ask him to do that, and if he did that responsibility, and I always say thank you. Mm. 
see and he's hearing that kids hear things and and we as parents know that but I think sometimes we're walking that line of maybe they won't hear it and in fact they do hear it and so you know the th- and that goes for the good and the bad we're we're human and so I hope as, as parents that are listening or maybe someday parents who are listening um, you know I hope I hope they'll feel encouraged that this isn't about being the perfect parent hitting the target every time this is just about staying connected to your kids staying relationally uh, in relation in relationship with your kid keeping that relationship going and that goes back to I am not good enough that thought in itself can happen for any of us just in this world and you reference that you know the world will tell us you're not good enough you're not going to be the best political commentator you're not going to be the best talk show host you're not going to be the best writer or the best counselor and and um you know that's you just said it so so well that it goes back to faith god has called us he has equipped us to be and to do these things and if god's calling us i don't know that too many other people can cancel that out they're going to try but we got to we got to realize they're trying to do that realize that the world is set up that way and get back to the the truth that you know what i am good enough i i've got people encouraging me that i'm good enough i'm taking steps i'm failing sometimes i'm growing from those failures and it really does make for a i believe and i believe folks will find a better life when we can uh, rest in that calling and and um, just keep the positive messages coming i am good enough i can do this you can do this and you can even pour the milk too how's that that's it <laughs> uh, but but you know i i think using words like please and thank you and just basic manners for all of us and i mean all you adults out there i'm talking i'm not talking about the kids right now i'm talking about you older people that fail to use those words you know and i just want to remind everybody it doesn't cost us to to say thank you it doesn't cost any money or t- it's just it's just a, a good human trait to use i believe Th- thank you thank you another place i use that a lot dr warden is mm-hmm. in emails and things and and text for instance i just i always use please and thank you and i do it as a point of reference to know for malcolm it's a point to say i really appreciate you today you see and so i use that as in my and you'll see that if i ever text you or email you i just always do it as I use it as much as I use the word the or us or hello or day. I use please and thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I use it as a point of reference uh, in a way that I appreciate people. I appreciate, in other words, you took the moment, the time to read the email or to maybe respond to something I was asking you of or whatever. And I just think it's good manners and it doesn't cost any of us anything to take a few seconds to thank that person. And the fact that you're interacting with that person at that moment on that day I think that's a good thing, Dr. Warden. Mm, I do too. I I don't know too many people that get tired of being told thank you. I do. I know some places, you know, some people may say, oh, okay, you said thank you. Don't say it anymore. I know there may be some of that, but I think by and large, most people are grateful themselves for that, that act of appreciation and maybe even caught off guard because it, it's kind of unusual or abnormal in some places to, to hear that sort of personal touch. So, um, I say, I say, the more the better. Let's let's keep thanking folks. Yeah, no, I'm with you, and I, I like that that we got a chance to cover that. Uh, really cool. So some of your the fear points in here uh, <laughs> is you know you you say here that and and I'm gonna you know what I'm gonna do here, folks. I'm gonna beside giving you the website and the information on Dr. Shannon Warden, I'm gonna put a link to her ebook right on uh, America Out Loud. Uh, <laughs> you go to AmericaOutloud.com. I'm gonna have it right on this post here with Dr. Shannon Warden, and it's gonna be easy to find 
find this show. If you're if you listen to it on talk radio, great. If you're going to find it after or in podcast land or whatever, or on America Out Loud, just look for Fears, Failures, and Faith, and you'll find this show. And I'm going to have a link to this really cool ebook she's got here. But and you've got a lot of different points in here. We won't get to all of them today, but I do want to touch on some of these. And you say here the fear of people will hurt me. People mm-hmm. will hurt me. Um, it, it, that stands out to me, that one does. Uh, uh, tell me what that, why people have that fear, and how many, and, and I wonder even more, how many people do hurt people like this? I mean, is that a reasonable fear that people have because people do hurt them? I mean, is that, you know what I'm saying? I do. I, cer- I certainly hear a lot of that. Um, and it is it is a physical hurt. I don't necessarily know that that's as much as the more general hurt that I'm thinking of. So there is the physical hurt, absolutely, that's happening way more uh, than folks realize. But I'm, I'm on that point, people will hurt me speaking of some of the gameplay that we encounter in homes sometimes and in, and in work places in particular a lot of competitiveness a lot of insecurity that plays out in um, in work relationships and again sometimes uh, maybe even oftentimes in in uh, relationships um, personal relationships but right I, I certainly hear a lot of that and um, you know much in line with what we're talking about some of that comes from from those childhood insecurities from this world that you know that says hey you've got to get ahead and for you to get ahead everybody else cannot get ahead now for so many folks that's not a conscious thought necessarily they may have actually been said that had said that to them listen there's only one number one uh you know number two is the first loser you know that kind of stuff they may have literally heard that but uh more likely and more typical is is folks have just seen that they're not rewarded if they're not winning they've seen that if they're not you know um safely in the in the leader's control or in the, in their pocket so to speak then you know there can be some some negative uh, uh, consequences of that. So that that idea of people will hurt me, um, you know, again, it, it can definitely be physical, and I'm certainly concerned about that for folks. But more more generally, and maybe more uh, more common for folks is that they see that there's a lot of game play, and and we have to decide psychological, psychological game play exactly. So we have to just decide for ourselves: is that what I want to be a part of? You know what? No, I don't. It's it's costing me way more emotionally and mentally than it is gaining me in this life and so that's that's some of the thought behind that particular point people will hurt me well quite honestly the psychological uh, aspect of that can be more damaging than the physical if somebody slaps you that will heal and go away but the psychological doesn't often go away that easy well, it, it becomes contagious almost. I think you know if you if you become entrapped to that way of thinking, uh, you know you you can absolutely set yourself up for unnecessary stress at the very least. And you actually actually even see people cross over into diagnosable types of anxieties and depression um, because they don't have uh, a, a healthy balance on that. So the healthy balance right is you know yes that is a realistic fear i mean it's, it's certainly the negative or the unhealthy fear you know that i could get pulled into this and i don't want to but let's just pull away for a second and say that the world is a competitive place i do want to do my best you want to do your best but the healthy balance on that is is that i'm not becoming enslaved to that where 
me doing my best now becomes based on you judging me as doing my best. I've got to believe in myself. I'm doing my best and I'm doing what I'm called to do. I'm enjoying it. I can breathe. I can sleep. And I'm not enslaved to somebody else's um, maybe ever-changing evaluation of, of whether or not I'm doing good. Which brings me to the point of one that really stands out like a neon sign that you have here. It picks up on just what you just said, but it's this. I will never live up to people's expectations. The question mm-hmm. I have for everybody today that I want Dr. Shannon Warden to answer is, why are you living your life by other people's standards and expectations anyways? Hmm. Well, that's, you know, that's one of those stop signs in life. If, if you know, Malcolm, you started out talking about that, that pond and the lily pads. If, if we were in that picture right now, there would be a stop sign right in the middle of that pond. Very unusual, right? You're thinking, what's the stop sign doing out here in the middle of this pond? But that's kind of the um, ir- irrational. When you, when you can pull away, it's kind of the irrational uh, point there of, of why am I letting myself be be ruled by other people's expectations within reason, right? We want to treat people well. We They should expect that, that we're going to treat them well. But I'm saying, you know, that, that that we're talking about on that bigger level, it's that stop sign of when we can pull away. Wait a minute. What is the stop sign out here? Why am I living by someone else's expectations? It's, it's not doing me much good here. Um, and uh, so it's a great question. And the, the best part of the answer is the stopping and realizing it. We can get some good answers after we stop and realize that it's happening. I'm living my life based on somebody else's expectations. It never works. Mm. It never works. I mean, you have to live your life by your expectations, where you're at. And and I also think bringing in, again, our, our faith factor here and, yes. and God's expectations, because you have another such a big one in the fear that you say this. And, 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 and we know, I, I want you to talk about this a moment, because, you know, bringing in, again, our faith to our, you know, the fears and the failures we're talking about here uh, today is that God will not forgive me. Now, we know that's just not true, Dr. Warden. That's the truth, Malcolm. I'm so glad. I I, I love talking about faith. My When I was telling my um, chairwoman here in my department uh, that I was going to have this book out and, and you know, that I was going to launch Repurpose Life Ministries, she said, Shannon, that's who you are. And that was so refreshing. I, and, and I know that. I, I didn't expect her to say anything different, but it was so refreshing to hear her validate. Shannon, that's who you are. It, just to speak now the, the truth that God does forgive us. And I understand and folks have all different beliefs about God and, and different uh, religious beliefs or spiritual beliefs and spiritual practices. But um, for me, and in a, a very, uh, for me, let me say, for me, and Malcolm, it sounds like you have a similar uh, perspective. God does forgive. Um, it, if He didn't, what would be the point of all of what we're going through in life? I mean, there would there would be no redemption. There would be no better. There would be no um, healthy relationship and goodness if if there was no God. 
uh, who could judge and forgive. Um, it would be just left open to everybody else's expectations. And so um, you're, you said it. I, I just, it really is. Faith is such an important part of how are we going to be in this world? What is our standard? Why do we love people the way we love them? Uh, and it really does come back to God and faith. Yeah, it, it sure does. Uh, it's it's not having, I, I think what I think about here is as long as you're not malicious or have malicious intent. But, but here's, here's my analogy. See if you agree with this, Dr. Warden. But here, here's my thoughts. The human, the, the human species, uh, uh, I'm talking about you and I out there, friends, us as human beings, okay, the, the whole human species. Well, what I look at here is we are a flawed species. I mean, we are absolutely 100% flawed. There's no two ways about it. There is no perfection in any of this. It does not exist. Now, having said that, if you believe that God is our creator, and it has to be that way because, you know, how else would we have gotten here in this gargantuan universe of many possibilities? And here we are sitting on this little blue marble that's floating through this space, you know, crazy space that it is. Yeah. And if you believe that, you know, God is the creator, so he created human beings. Okay, so here we are now. So when you just said he, he expects that or he knows that, I think he sort of knows what he made here, Dr. Warden. I think he knows human beings, and I think he sort of knows we're a bit flawed, and I think he understands that. So what I, I guess I'm suggesting to you this moment is I have to believe, and I have always believed, I think that is baked into the cake here. You see, uh, he knows who we are. He made us. I mean, how could he not yes. know? Yes, I, I totally agree. My heart is, my heart is lifted to hear you say that. Um, he does know, and that's the beauty of the relationship we're in with him. He as the standard of of relationship, and he is the the goal setter, not me as the goal setter. I say that to to folks, is God God or am I God? And I'm 100% positive that I am not God. And so therefore God is God. And and I know this in many ways, in in all the ways that we know that God is God, that he is in control. And therefore I am not God. um, But but I do believe, and I don't know if you, you buy this or not, but I do believe I'm a disciple of God. Yes, absolutely. Or a child of God, a disciple of God, a friend of God. Um, you know, the list goes on, but there's all relational terms. And, um, you know, when you're talking fears and failures and you think about God as our standard and, and he is the standard setter, right? And you come back and you think about fears and failures and, and wow, that just shines a light on the on the truth of fears and failures is that we can bounce back. We should bounce back. There's absolutely no reason we shouldn't bounce back from some of the fears and fear, all of the fears and failures that we're dealing with in this life. Um, we need friends around us. We need God's truth. We need friends. We need um, we need the, the the learning and the growing of failures and fears. But ultimately, those are holding us back in so many ways. So that's kind of the, the idea here behind repurposing fears and failures and, and this great talk that we're having fears, failures, and faith. Um, right? It's just, you, come on, we can bounce back. There's so much more to this life that's, that's uh, to be lived. Listen, I've gotten off. I've gotten, uh, you know, I have gotten back on the lily pad so often that I know 
I know the route pretty good through that lake, <laughs> Doctor Warden. <laughs> and you know what? You know what? You know what? Yeah. I, I've even seen the stop sign occasionally that you mentioned in the middle of the lake. I've actually been through it. that. I've had a couple of yield signs and caution yeah. signs. And are you kidding me? Oh yeah, I know what you mean, man. We probably have high fived a time or two out there on the Lily Pad Lake. <laughs> I've seen it already. I was on one side, you were on the other. As we're That's hopping it. across this lake, kiddo. That's exactly it. it. So the reason I use the word disciple, that not to be better than thou or something else, but let me tell you why I use that. Because I've always believed in my life that I have a higher purpose. And I believe that God is going to use Malcolm and use my platform and all the fabulous things we're doing. So when I decided some years ago to bring faith into my platform, it was a very conscious decision. But it was a decision because this was God's plan. So I firmly believe that we all have a purpose in all of this. And I think all of you can be disciples of God and following these things through. But I think that just means we're on a mission. And we're on a mission to do good in the world. We're on the mission for, um, for a higher purpose. Dr. Warden. Does that, does that make sense? Well, there's a lot of great talent in the world, and that's why we have that right up top of America Out Loud. Let the silent voices be heard. And we're actually doing that back at America Out Loud Talk Radio. You'll find a whole great lineup of shows there. Check us out, americaoutloud.com. We podcast all the shows there. You'll, you'll find this show right there and many others. Or you'll find us also streaming now. We are on our own talk radio network. You'll find us on places like TuneIn. AHA Radio, Radio God FM, iTunes Radio, and a whole lot more. Well, listen, I want to talk to you about being organized in your life. I know it's important for all of us. I want to introduce you to Closets by Design. You know, this is just a great company. It's a national firm. They're on the West Coast, but you'll find them, a lot of their retail centers throughout the United States. Whether it's a closet, garage, home office, laundry, pantries, just about everything these folks have. Check them out. Closetsbydesign.com. Again, stay tuned. We got a great show here today. I love it. I'm in the same cheerleading section that you are. I'm, I'm just, you know, cheering folks on that God does want a relationship with us. He is not a, a God of, you know, uh, distance. He he's he's not a long distance God. He is up close and personal, and um, he absolutely. In his design, his his um, divine design, he has given us uh, a calling. Uh, he has equipped us. He is constantly equipping us for this life. And you know, I think everybody for themselves has to try that, experience it, see that it's true, rather than hearing me tell them it's true. Um, but that, for me, has been a great source of freedom from fears and failures. Is is my relationship with God and the peace that He offers me, the encouragement, the direction, that higher calling. Um, I, I'm grateful and constantly humbled by that. Yeah, you have you have an awesome presence about you um, that is really, really very cool, by the way. Okay. Mm, uh, thank and you. And you come across so well. And I want to tell folks, they can find out lots more. And I want to tell you, Dr. Shannon Warden, I'm going to give you the website right now to, so you can reach to Dr. Shannon Warden. And it's real simple. The website is shannonwarden.com Warden, W-A-R-D-E-N in case my accent gets in the way there. Uh, she also, in fact, the first question she asked me when we came on today is, Malcolm, where are you from? And of course, I told her my typical story, friends. Pluto, where do you think, Dr. Warren?
Warden, come on! I love it. Uh, I love it. You, Pluto's my new favorite planet, oh, other than Earth. Oh, man, it's a dwarf <laughs> planet. We've been kicked out of the galaxy a couple of times, and we keep coming oh. back, I'm telling you. The, you know? Come on. Yeah. But uh, you also have a very fascinating blog, Hope to Build On, mm-hmm. which is really, really cool. And you got some great write-ins in there and what have you. And so we'll link to that as well. Now, I want to talk about failures next. And uh, so as we pause just a second here, I want to come back and talk about failures. And I want to talk about how we can use these failures in our life for the betterment of our lives and how we can do more with it. So, folks, today it's all about fear, failures, and faith. And we're talking to Dr. Shannon Warden. We are back with you here and we are talking fear, failures, and faith today. Dr. Shannon Warden joins us. She's an assistant teaching professor at Wake Forest University where she teaches in the graduate counseling program. I'm really thrilled to have her today. What a great connection. You know, one of the really cool things I love about radio, my friends, is I get to meet the coolest people. And I get to meet them all over the world. These are like the most fascinating people of all walks of life. And isn't that what it's all about? Could you imagine living on this planet without people? Imagine if you were by yourself. And I know some people like to be by themselves. They're sort of like a hermit maybe, but I don't really enjoy that. I think the people interconnectivity uh, in the relationship of people is very, very important. And, And you know what? It's important we remind ourselves of that. I think we all need reminders. You know, as I started to do the show today, as I met Dr. Shannon Warden at the top of the show, as you did, it it just, it was a real um, good experience for me, for Malcolm. And, you know, I use a lot of this. I, I, I talk to you today and, you know, you may sit there and say, oh, Malcolm, you've got it together. You know this, you know that. But, you know, a lot of the things I'm talking to you about today these are like really great reminders for me. They're, they're, they're really outstanding reminders for Malcolm and, and my own life. And I just, I pause myself. It's, like, it's almost like I explain it like an outer body experience where I step out of my body and I look back in and I can see us doing the radio show today and I see me talking to Dr. Shannon Warden and and I relate to the things we're talking about in a very unique way to say, okay, am I doing this just right? Am I living the right life I need to be living? How do I improve on the things that I need to improve on? Now, you know, before I jumped into Radio Land, which has really only been uh, just coming on six years here, you got to remember, friends, I spent 27 years in corporate boardrooms. Now, don't do the math. Don't take out your calculator and do the math quickly to find out how old I am, because I'm not telling you. You know, Shannon, I'm, I'm worse than the women are when it comes to age. <laughs> it's top secret, man. Top secret top stuff. Top secret. So you can't do the math quickly, man, you know? But uh, so it's so good to have you here with me today. I, I, I'm looking at this ebook you have out. It's called Repurposing Fears and Failures. I like it because it's a good quick read, but there's some really uh, powerful, some potent information in there. It's also designed very nicely. She's got a great flow to it, so it's a really attractive ebook. So I, I and I love ebooks like this. So I, I encourage you. The link's right on America Out Loud. Just go look for fears, failures, and faith. You'll see Dr. Shannon Warden is and her beautiful um, image there. We'll have her right on the post there as we talk about this, and you'll get that link right there. So I want to talk about failures and some of the things you have in here because to me, 
this is the secret ingredients today. If you can get the fears, uh, get over your fears. If you can remember, failures are a part of life. You're going to have them. You're going to fall off the lily pad. You're going to have to get back on the lily pad, even if you're a little wet at the time. Don't worry about being wet. It'll dry up, kids. <laughs> uh, but just get ready to move on to the next lily pad, no matter if you're wet or not. You see? Right. And That's then right. faith. Where's faith come into all this? And, you know, faith is the biggest part of this because it's not only your relationship with God, but it's having the faith to be able to know that if you put one foot in front of the other, you can actually skip across the lake eventually. Now, you know, listen, some people learn this earlier in life, you know, Dr. Warden. Some people it takes a little bit later in life. But I imagine everybody, or I'd like to think almost everybody, has the opportunity to get to a point of their life where... You know, you've had you've had the fear, you've had the failures, you've got the faith, and now you can just put that one left foot on the lily pad, and you can just jump and skip right across the lily pads all the way across the lake, and you know what? Fear is not going to stop you, failures are not going to stop you, and you're just going to get to the other side, no problem at all, huh? Mm, absolutely. I, you know, and that's those are the folks that I'm following, you know, that are, um, and, and they will say themselves, and this is because of the uh, spiritual growth they have had in their lives. They will say, Shannon, I'm not perfect, but if I and using the lily pads, but I'm getting across there and, and it's not what it used to be. And so I, I've got some folks in my life that I count on, you know, to help me with that perspective. If I'm a little, um, you know, uh, shaky at the moment, as you say, if I'm there in the water, you know, f- uh, kind of just uh, struggling through whatever it is at that moment, I get back up, but it's those people that are ahead of me that really have, you know, figured some things out. And, um, I count on those folks. We need them. We need them to to, uh, to ourselves get across. Right. So let's talk about some of these failure examples you have here. Um, and you have a whole bunch of stuff here that is really uh, interested. Like um, uh, you have one here, I ignored my family and friends' warnings, um, <laughs> meaning that, you know, that other people seen you kind of crashing around you, but you didn't um, you didn't um, uh, pay attention to that. Is that that's an important sign? It is. Some, and some of that, you know, in, in fact, in relation to what we were just saying, some of it is a matter of just getting some life experience under your belt. I was talking with a friend here just in recent days who was um, recounting how she had shared with a, a, an older teenage relative about his uh, drug use that he he needed to get it together. Now, that's the quick message. Hey, you got to get this together. Anybody that's ever dealt with addiction knows it's not as easy as that. You got to have a starting place, absolutely, and that getting it together is the starting place. But then there's the journey. Um, that's an example of I should have been listening to my friends and family. Right now, I don't think that that young person is able to listen to to my friend. I don't think that young person can hear that message of you're hurting people, you're hurting yourself. Why are you doing that? That per- he's not ready to hear that. I hope he will be ready. Um, I certainly have talked with folks many times, you know, who wondered, why did I marry this person? Now, that's one that may catch your listeners' ears. Maybe they're struggling with that, or maybe they have already resolved that in their life, and but have gone through it. Um, that sometimes people were telling us. In fact, you, you hear folks talk about their committee. My committee told me, do not 
marry this person. You know, or my mom told me, do not marry this person. And, and um, love being blinded it is, sometimes we do get into some relationships that take us down a wrong road. And those are just a couple of examples where I, I or a person maybe ignore their family and friends' warnings, and then that leads to failure. Right. But again, the big thing, one of the big takeaways you said a few moments ago, I think is so key, is life experience. Mm-hmm. There's no way we can know this stuff, uh, Dr. Warren, when we're in our 20s, you see. Uh, we, we don't even know it when we're in our 30s. Uh, correct? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Life, uh, what do people say? Life is um, is a, a marathon, not a sprint. Um, you know, and, and so it, there's a lot of things that just takes time to learn. It takes time to learn to be in a in a healthy relationship. It takes time to learn how to be um, successful in, in whatever work we're doing. It takes time to learn how to be a good parent. But you have to go through those failures. You're, you you're going to have fear. You have to go through the failures. You're going to fall down. You pick yourself up. But the real key, I wonder, is, you know, is this, you know, at what decade does, does the light bulb come on, you know? When does the light bulb come on? Think about that a moment. Mm -hmm. When does the light bulb come on? Now, listen, there are some people, and you know what I'm talking about now here, where you shake your head, Dr. Warner, you think, oh, my golly, will they ever get it? Will they ever (laughs) get it? You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. They just keep doing the same thing. And, you know, but there is that old saying, too, you know, like the form, what is the definition or the form of stupidity? Well, it's if you keep doing the same thing and you expect a different result, you know? It is. I know. And, and, you know, right, we're hoping for compassion. We're hoping to see people in a compassionate way. Um, you know, hopefully, kind of again, going back to the faith piece, God has equipped us with good sense. Uh, you know, I tell folks that um, I have I have the Bible. I have good sense. These are pretty good truth checkers in life. And, um, you know, so I, I don't know. It's hard, it's hard to judge other folks in, in some ways, but you do hope the best and you do try to remain compassionate that maybe they'll get there. Hopefully they'll get there. Um, that's such an important message in counseling. You know, folks do come in feeling defeated as if they're never going to be a good mom, good dad, good spouse, etc. And, you know, they have to figure out that some for themselves. They're not coming to hear me tell them, hey, it's okay. You're good. You're going to you're going to be good. They got to figure that out for themselves. But that is part of their journey, uh, figuring it out that, yes, I, I can be better. I want to be better. Um, but, you know, not to heap not to heap criticism on top of criticism. No, compassion is way more helpful than the criticism. So let's talk about now. Let's do a quick, I want to come back and forth. I want to go back and forth and do a little round robin with you, okay? okay. I, want you, I want to ask you to do, do me a favor. I want you to take out of the, the draw there somewhere close by you, take your counselor hat uh, out and put it on your head, okay? Your okay. Yeah. So now you, <laughs> let me know when you got it on your head. It's on there. I'm oh, ready. So let's say that they are struggling and suffering and I'm looking at your failure points you have in your ebook here that I'm going to use as my guidance map here okay Okay. And one of them you had here is a pretty strong one, but you have here, and I know somebody who went through this just recently. It says here, I had an abortion. Mm-hmm. This is a big one. 
Okay. Yeah. And I just had Dr. Alveda King on the show just uh, about two weeks ago here. Um, Dr. Martin Luther King's niece, who uh, mm-hmm. D- Dr. Alveda King's ministries, who is um, a big advocate against abortion uh, and speaks very passionate and strongly about it, uh, you know, around the world, you know, mm-hmm. um, which is a whole nother topic to another day. But tell me if somebody has gone through that and they're struggling with it in their mindset, what do you say as a counselor when you sit down with them? Well, you know, that, that's such a, an amazing um, strength that that person is showing in the first place, that they're willing to talk about that pain. Um, they're grieving and they're willing to share that grieving or they're willing to share that um, the shame or whatever it is that they're feeling. Um, because that's the person you're talking about. You're not talking about the person who's just totally comfortable. I don't mind it a bit. I did that and, and I'm moving on in life. That You're talking about that person who's sitting down with me because she does feel hurt, grief shame so the very first thing I'm just I'm so glad that she's willing to even share her broken heart and and I I I take that as a great privilege when someone sits with me, be it a client or a friend, who will will share those those deeply held uh, secrets and hurts. And so that's the very first thing is just um, really wel- uh, welcoming that, embracing that they're willing to talk and share like that. And then it's um, you know uh, connected to that. It's just recognizing the grieving, recognizing the hurting, letting them talk through that, um, letting them talk through the shame that they may feel or the hurt or confusion or regret, whatever it may be. Letting them talk through that, being a good listener. I don't want to be so fast with answers. People don't necessarily always need an answer. They say they need an answer. But what I find and and what so many of us find in, in counseling is, okay, yes, the answer, but no, not fast. They want to get to the answer on their own. We need to get to the answer on our own. Um, so just being a good listener, want to validate, be a good listener, and um, and then as, as they are able to hear and get to a place of healing and compassion on their own, I want to validate that compassion so that that is so important to the healing process i suppose that'd be actually a good key word for all those three things they're just the appreciation for them the the um, validation the the time the listening all of that is the underlying uh, thought there is compassion uh, I, i'm in no place to judge that and don't want to judge that i want to help folks find healing um, and that that usually just it requires compassion and time well and i think i want to add something to that if I can, Dr. Warden, and mm-hmm. uh, sure. and that is that um, you know, uh, back to the failures and mistakes that we make, and forgiving yourself of these things, whatever they may be. I find one of the real sticking points here is this: there are far too many people that I meet and that I know on a daily basis that live their life in the past. <sighs> So if you did something as like we used a very big example there when I used the mm-hmm. example of abortion, this is a very big conversation and none of it's political today. We're talking no. from the heart. We're talking mm-hmm. of faith and, and failures and things, but that's something that happens. I know somebody again who did that and, uh, and you know, I don't know how they're thinking inside, but I do know that you cannot live in the past. So I think part of the uh, program of succeeding and moving forward in one's life is to accept 
accept responsibility and to be able to um, not, uh, you know, strive and don't thrive on that, but accept what happened as a moment of failure in your life. Get back on the lily pad and begin to move forward in your life again, knowing that this is something that happened. You're not proud of it, but you're past it now and you're now living a more fulfilling life. That That's where I'm coming from. Yeah. Same here, Malcolm. That's the God that I serve is a God of forgiveness. You said earlier, he knows that we are uh, the way we are. We're, we're broken in the various ways that we're broken. We make mistakes. We fall down. He knows that. And um, that's that the grace he extends to us, uh, the grace that I hope that I can extend to other people because of his grace. That grace is, uh, it is capable of forgiveness. It is capable of rebounding. It is capable of moving forward and and that's where life is at life is forward life is in front of us and um you you said it well that that person and any of us whatever our failures have been we can move forward and it's it's not do it right now come on you can do this no it's a process but we can move forward and uh, there's life on the other side of that fear and, and that failure all right two other big points here before i talk about career and what you're doing in your life and your business to earn a living i want to talk about that in just a second but one thing before that so what if a listen is listening and 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 I, I want your you know your honest thoughts here it, they're in a relationship that they know they should not be in in other words they're married to this person that is just not a connection for them there are a lot of people like that uh, dr warden you know they're mm-hmm. in a relationship that they know it's not a match for, for whatever reason they maybe they married young maybe they just married w- when they were on the rebound in their life I, whatever the reason is but they've already married this person and now they are thinking about getting unmarried. What do you say to that person really, truly? Okay, so I definitely get that question a lot. I um, I, I get that question both in my office. I get that question because, you know, I'm a counselor, so people, if they know that, they'll ask me that in the grocery store. Uh, I also partner with Dr. Gary Chapman and, and answer a lot of counseling questions that come in from around the world. And a lot of times that question comes to us. I, what I say is, is that I first, first off, I'm in no place, no, I'm no authority to be able to say yes or no to what you know, um, what you want to do. I'm, I'm in no authority to say you should or you should not. So uh, that point, you know, made, I want to say now, what I say to folks is, is if they are trying because usually the question will be I'm trying everything I'm speaking the five love languages I'm going to counseling I'm I'm praying I'm, I'm doing this then what I can say to them and what I often say is is that okay then if if you're doing your best you can't do everything the, the other person needs needs to and has to be able to do their part of the relationship too to hold up their part and um, for as long as you decide to stay in that relationship you know at any point you decide you're going to come out come out out of it, then at least you're going to have peace that you gave it your all. It doesn't mean that you're not going to grieve that and and um, you know uh, feel bad in various ways. It, you you maybe not. I'm not saying you will, but I'm saying it, it's likely that you're going to feel some some hurt feelings even even moving out of the relationship. But you will know that you tried. So you know again, 
there's no no judgment. I'm not in the authority or position of authority, but I usually try to encourage folks that if, if you're really trying, you're really doing your part, and you know that relationship is on the rocks, it's not going to make it, then you and God, between you and God, you decide, is now the time, you know, that I'm going to maybe pull away, and um, and then you, you if you do go that route, you at least can have some peace that you gave it your best. Hope to Build On is the blog. You'll go there by going to shannonwarden.com. Her site's a great blog. She's got a lot of very interesting things on there. You'll find, again, that ebook I talked to you about earlier on fear and failures. And, and actually, uh, she calls it, uh, as I say here, repurposing fears and failures. And I really like that because she's got some really cool art, like an old wardrobe with some old uh, uh, dr- drawers where you pull out with knobs and handles it's kind of cool it's it's really kind of uniquely well done and i like the style of it uh so check that out we'll put the links on america out loud and again now i want to put her on the spot now uh dr shannon warden your best advice for folks when it comes to fear failures and faith what would you say in about 30 seconds to folks what is that Okay. Best advice for fears, failures, and faith is really putting the faith first, recognizing I am not in control, not going to be in control, not in that way that we're all striving to be. No, not in control control, but instead accepting that this is a journey. I'm not perfect. Uh, It's helpful to think that, and not only for ourselves, but for others, we're going to be a little bit more compassionate to other people when we realize I'm not in control, they're not in control, we're not perfect people. We're all on that journey, all working to to be the best us that God has made us to be. But um, putting faith first is is great advice, I I believe, and then just just really looking for the good in life, looking for the, the changes, the positive changes changes that are happening because of fear and failure. Um, it's, it's pretty amazing. I, rather than getting bogged down, what can we do to move forward? Loving ourselves, being compassionate towards ourselves, towards others. And, uh, you know, then, then we get to live that life that we're really so, so, so many of us, all, really all of us are desperate to live. We want to live that more fulfilled life. And that's, that's what you want to do. Put faith first and, and then accept it's a journey and, and just dig in. Dig in, and I'll leave you with this, friends. Make the leap, and make the leap from one little lily pad to the next lily pad. Exactly where we started today is where I will end with you at this moment. Make the leap, jump on the lily pad, and if you do fall off and get wet, guess what? Get back on the lily pad and just keep leaping forward. It's okay. You'll get to the other side of the lake 